0: Well done, come
1: on, here! Come, ah,
2: come, come on! Come
3: on! Come on, Come on, come on. You, right come on me, on, lift, I saw these twinkling eyes and uh, I just thought I definitely thought he was probably one of the most attractive men I've ever met and uh, I just liked the way he smiled and everything about him he seemed to be constantly twinkling eyes and smiling and I just thought um, he's unbelievable you know and uh, then to see the collar it was a step back and I said uh, oh my god what are you doing here girl I said uh, this is a this is crazy. I said, absolutely crazy.
0: There's six points in it. And Kerry have taken off all the big stars, really. And they're just putting in, going through the motions at this stage. So we're only just prolonging the agony. <laughs>
3: well, it's all over. Another
0: Kerry victory. Improvement on the All-Ireland. So it's a big letdown. It's a... Uh, it's, uh, This brings back memories, it just rekindles memories for me of coming out of Club Hark devastated in 96 and 97.
3: The chairman of the Mayo County Football Board has announced he's to step down following the county's second consecutive defeat in an All-Ireland football final. Father Noel Ford came to prominence earlier this year when he was granted leave from his Mayo parish following media speculation about his relationship with a Galway businesswoman. Father Ford told a meeting of the county board he would step down in December ahead of the 1998 season.
2: A great disappointment, isn't it? A great disappointment,
0: yeah. And it allowed me also to just scout out, clear, get out fast and go, you know. Unfortunately, it has been the way for many times coming from Croke Park for me. Oh, you know, we have had a lot of disappointments, more than I care to remember over the years. And uh, today it doesn't help matters either, it's just another one of those, you know. I do need to ring Pauline just to say hello. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Hi, Paul. Poor display in the end, you know. Kerry seemed to be in um, second gear for a lot of a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, the two goals were killers. absolutely killers, you know. How are the kids? Oh. Okay. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye. There were one or two fellas that I uh, was to meet here um, after the match. Uh, just give them a ring, maybe. Uh, yeah. was it going? Just right outside Crum Park. Oh, you're at the Cusick. I'm outside the Hogan. Okay, you're you're coming around the, the entrance to the Hogan. Alright, no problem, I don't expect, you're not racehorse, alright, I know you're not fit,
1: huh? <laughs> it was during the All-Ireland series that we met in, and um,
0: I happened to be in my parents in Castle one night, and Pauly was there, and we started chatting,
2: and uh, that was
3: it. It was, uh, well, there was one instant now, the first night we met, there was kind of across the crowded room, it was um, in the Inn, and that's my brother-in-law's hotel, and... Uh, I just saw Noel and Noel saw me, and there was a lot of staring done. But uh, we just talked and talked and talked until about I think half four or five o'clock in the morning. And uh, Noel asked to meet up again, and I didn't show up for the date. I was um, I was extremely nervous because I knew it was there was something very different here, you know. And
0: uh, I, I was afraid of it as too, and uh, but it just happened and. Uh and I was so busy at that particular time that I didn't stop to think either. You know, I just kept going and do, uh, doing the things with the uh, being in the All-Ireland and all of that. And yes, in my own personal life, these, this thing was happening with uh, Pauline. And uh, uh, it's actually, I was afraid, yes.
3: Noel did say one thing to me in the early days. Uh, he said, I never thought something would matter to me more than football. <laughs> so I suppose that was a big compliment, but... Um, <laughs> It was, uh, I, suppose, I suppose it was the highest paid compliment I could get. Um, it was very much instantaneous and it was like just falling over a cliff. There was nothing you could do about it. Um, you couldn't turn back time. You couldn't change your feelings. And it happened overnight and no last made to marry him within a few days, you know.
0: Um, very much like Pauline has said to you, I uh, was taken off my feet by her and uh, um, we, we, the basic thing about it is I could... Uh, discuss everything with her, tell her everything, and spend hours talking with her, and uh, that to me was very important, and she was a soulmate for me,
2: still is. Can I ask you about the first kiss?
3: It was special, it was very special. special, Um, But that's all it was, you know, it was um, just that, Noel was very sweet, and uh, it was, um, it was very loving, but uh, I I think, you know, people... Uh, I don't know, somebody once said, you know... My mother, I think, said once, "You would think sex was something he invented, but I suppose it was just... Uh, it was just a meeting of minds, and, you know... It was on... I never expected to experience the love that my mother and father had. I thought that was well, the stuff of dreams. It's like something out of a film. And uh, I thought just with noel it was just the ceiling of our you know relationship and from there on our relationship just got better you know I think noel knew it that I saw him as a man more than I saw him as a priest and uh, it, it it wasn't me that brought it ahead despite what most people would like to think you know that I wasn't exactly the scarlet woman uh, at the same time we made a commitment in that first kiss i think Um, and I know that sounds very weird but uh, it was instantaneous and uh, it was just like as I said falling over the cliff and there was nothing you could do you just had to keep falling and uh, that's the way it was and then we got to the mountain and we had to climb that
2: (laughs) At what stage or after how long after you met were you able to talk to your closest friends or family?
3: I suppose Noel would be very much closed close job he didn't really talk to anyone um I suppose the biggest thing he did was introduce me to his best friend and his best friend said, No, no, he's not thinking of to leave in the priesthood. Just stop. The wife said to him, Kevin, he is and she said she said, He brought you up to introduce you to her and Kevin says, Don't be talking soft he said. And uh, Kevin Kevin I think is, was still reeling. But uh, I suppose I would have been a lot closer to my family, and I suppose I did confide, and I did confide in them. And uh, I suppose they were shocked, and uh, they did everything in their power to stop it. Um, There was a lot of tears, and there was a lot of anger. These things happen, you know. Blood is thicker than water. Um,
2: Who did you tell first?
3: Ita, my sister. And uh, I told my mum as well. And uh, all mum wanted to do was help, um, which I thought was tremendous. She thought, you know, settle down, you know, calm down. These are heightened uh, emotions here. She said, just wait and take your time. That's all I pray. She's a woman of great faith. And um, Nola and I have tremendous respect for her. And she's very special. So for me, I had to tell her because uh i I've always been completely honest with her, so I wasn't going to let her down on this, and as well as that, we were getting a bit of flack where family were threatened to tell her. So she asked me not to tell anyone that she had told her um this This is the first time I suppose I have told her to said it, but um it was um I thought she was remarkable um, um the way she helped us, and uh, it can't have been very easy for her. Yeah, no.
2: Noel, you, you told Kevin first, your friend
3: didn't tell Kevin <laughs> he I thought Kevin had
2: gotten Kev. on <laughs> no, I didn't tell, I, I suppose I didn't tell anybody really, you know
0: um, and um, I'd be I'd be like that, I'd be much more a, a private guy, people would know it was going on in my head and I suppose that comes from years of giving things to myself uh, so, no, I didn't tell anybody uh,
2: who, who was the first person that you told or how did you say how did your parents find out uh, the unfortunate thing they found out on the media you
0: know um I read that, but that's the way they found out I didn't expect it to come out like that, but that's the way it came
2: out you know? and how how did you deal with that?
0: Well, when I came back, uh, my, my mother always, and, and father as well, always said to me you know, from the day I was ordained, if I ever wanted to come back or if there was ever a problem, always feel free to come home. And when I did come back home that time uh, to talk to them about it, uh, I got a great reception. And my mother said, well, you know, the age you are, you know, you're willing to make up your mind at this stage, so it's up to yourself. You know? And she was, she was right and they accepted it very well.
3: And uh, I have to say they've been exceptionally yeah, good yeah. considering they got it sprung on, upon them. So, in such a rotten way, I just thought they were tremendously supportive and they were very, very good. Um, Noel's mum and dad in particular, because, again, like my mum, they would have been people of great faith and um, I suppose it must have been a bit of a blow to them, you know.
2: What about your brothers, Pauline?
3: What about them? <laughs> uh, Tommy, my brother, God rest him, uh, he was always very close to me, so he tried, he thought Noel wasn't serious about his intentions. So he said, I'll stand by you, Polly, if, he said, if that's the case. But I said, uh, I don't believe it is. And I said, well, I said you're just going to have to trust me on this. But uh, you got it back through the grapevine, was it, Noel? Um, that they were going to go out and talk to Noel. I think they called out to the house, but Noel wasn't there. You know they were going to sort'. Him. I don't know what sortum meant, but mm-hmm.
2: did you attend any services that, that Noel said any masses that Noel said in those early days
3: uh, Josie Monley's mass, mm. his funeral mass, and I was at Noel's last mass. What was that like? Mm, I cried all through it. Uh, It was just before we left for America, and I suppose there were fears and doubts as there would be with anyone, and we were wondering if we made the right decision, and and known in my heart and soul, I think more so than Noel, I kind of knew this was the last one. Um, I don't know why, I just felt it, and uh, it was, I thought it was a big loss to the church to be honest. Um, they're losing a lot of good men and uh, I don't think that's the way it was meant to be you know Um, and I suppose we went to think things through and to talk things through I suppose
2: where did you
3: go? Las Vegas there was probably no point in going to Belmullet was there? (laughs) Um, it was a little bit more exotic talk about plastic city but I suppose it was an unreal world and I suppose we needed that to make our decisions. Actually, Brendan and Noel's brother asked him, "Did we get married in the little white chapel?" Um, when we came back, mm-hmm. and we actually went into it, but <laughs> no, we didn't go down that road. Um, I think no. I think Brendan still thinks we did, <laughs> but um, no, we didn't. Uh, you were at a GA function in Kilchma and you picked me up. Mm-hmm. Um, where you? Did anyone know you were
0: going?
3: No. That was the funny thing about it, because when we were in Las Vegas then, and we had that heart-wrenching night of decision-making, we we came to our decision and woke up the next morning with kind of the mist had cleared, and uh, we decided to go back to New York about 12 hours early. And uh, we got into... We flew to New York, and that was fine, and we just... Both of us just walked into the hotel and uh, I got this feeling of a shiver down my spine and Noel looked at me and I looked at him, because nobody knew where we were staying or anything. And I said, do you get the feeling you're being watched? And he said, yeah, I definitely do. So we were checking in and the receptionist said, "Uh, Noel, there's a message here from your brother, Mr. Brendan Ford, to call him immediately. So at that stage we knew then that something had happened.
0: I rang um, Sean Feeney, the Secretary of the County Board, and he told me that the whole thing had broken at home and was uh, on the papers.
2: So when you got the message when you were in New York?
3: Sheer terror. Mm-hmm. Sheer terror is the only way I could describe it. And the feeling of nausea. I got sick. Noel all mm-hmm. got sick. Yeah. It was like uh, we knew we were what we were going to face. it, just didn't expect it to hit like this, you know. Um, then the G A Mafia in New York smuggled us out back doors, two kitchens, everything out of the hotel. And it was... I suppose you, you look back and you laugh at these things, but it, it, you have to remember it was like a night of terror for us. And uh, even now, looking back and laughing at some of the incidents, where they're funny now. It was, it, it was so hard at the time. It was... Every night was tears. And uh, Sean and uh, the Irish ambassador in Boston at the time... Um, uh, they actually were able to tell us that there was associated press waiting for our later flight if we had made it. Mm-hmm. So um,
0: So then I came back to a barrage of um, publicity, you know. So it was on the papers, I remember going down. We came home, I came home on a Friday morning and I remember going to uh, um, Innis on the Sunday mayor we playing Claire and Innis, And the headlines on the news, the first thing on the news was that I was back in Ireland and uh, the first part of the headlines, and that I didn't say mass in Breffy. That was the first, that was the headlines of the news.
1: How are you keeping? These are
0: some of my friends here. <laughs> Hi, Alan. How are you doing? Hello. Hello, Alan. So, what's the story about today? You know? uh, well, the story is the same old story, like. Mm.
1: Um, Any views in that second goal?
0: we couldn't see it. well we were in the middle of the field now and, uh, it
1: looked awful like uh, a square ball to us from side, it did where were you sitting we were on the Cusick side of the field yeah. and the guy who, whichever the guy scored the goal seemed yeah. to be in the square was boxed nice down from hair. and he seemed to be in the square when the ball was boxed by, he fell outside the square yeah. he seemed to be inside when he got in, he was, in. he was only about a yard from the line
0: did, we didn't see that yeah. yeah. I yeah. don't know I'd like to yeah. see it in telly yeah. I, I don't know
1: yeah. Yeah. apparently Colin O'Rourke said on the telly that the ref was very soft to Mayo apparently did he that's that's what that's what Joey told me. Oh, I didn't read it like that yeah, myself. You see anything? You know, which I suppose like we only saw it from one side, own. you know? Yeah, yeah. How long how long you know, have you been? known him? Oh a oh, day or two. But last week was it, we met him first. Thirty five, is it? Nineteen seventy, yeah, yeah. yeah, That was a bad year, I remember. I have it in my diary. That's right, Chuck. How did you know him? Fellow students fellow students back no, in the Now, the, the word student might not year. apply to him that he <laughs> <time. laughs> <laughs> didn't first, you we were looking at a book at that time He got it very yeah. difficult yeah, yeah. Almost had new books but they were new at the end of the year as well. right,
2: yeah. right. <laughs> These guys stand by you during all the, the media controversy yeah, you. Yes, <laughs>
3: oh, But we did yeah. Well okay. if the
1: tickets weren't coming we wouldn't have oh, yeah. it. <laughs> <chin-off. laughs> <laughs> it was quite pro quo I'd be time though, say, you know, it, it was, was very, very lo- close lo- to wire a few yeah, times. We were, our loyalty could be bought. Oh, yeah? it, like <laughs> 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 it was ridiculous nonsense at the time. Jeez, I'm, I'm it bro- was absolutely ridiculous. Like it's dreadful, dreadful, it's dreadful, absolutely dreadful. dreadful. And yeah. stories that seem to have no uh, headlines that seem to have no um, foundation and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, long you, long know story story, you know the story. You know, not alleging anything, asking questions. You know, and getting more fanciful with the, st- the questions they were asking. It was dreadful nonsense. You know. No, pictures of you come out of the apartment if, yeah. happened to Spreading, no. terrible rules. From the distance, you couldn't. Have. Been doorstepped all the time. Um, this some of the older folk wouldn't would have been in inverted commas offended by it because priests shouldn't leave. Do you know what I mean? They'd have wanted to kept quiet and swept under the carpet and preferred it never happened. But that's just older churchgoers they wouldn't have borne any grudges against the two of them but they'd have preferred it didn't happen just so that their sense of order in the Catholic Church stayed would that be a fair comment that would be a fair comment yeah absolutely
0: the very funny thing about it in the reactions and Pauline would tell you the same thing it wasn't um, the older group at all that would have reacted badly to us it was mm-hmm. much th- the younger group really it, it was, was yeah right. it was yeah Absolutely, okay. and I don't As know why. I don't know what the reason for that was, but certainly the older group were much more positive towards us. And older women. There's a great story told about an old lady that used to come into us in Galway, and she came in this day and she said we were doing up the shop and she was climbing over timber and everything. And she came in and she said, "I saw your advertisement on the newspaper."
1: It's <laughs> the story. The
0: story, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, she thought it was great fun altogether, yeah. you know. So uh, there was that, that, all that kind of thing. We d- had n- very little negative reaction from older people, but from some younger people uh, in their twenties, thirties, maybe forties. So Do you want
1: to The Beauty and the Beast? Remember that. My <laughs> 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 friend. <laughs>
0: The day I left the keys back uh, of Breifey to the parish priest's house in Kesselmar it was a day that will always remain in my memory. I can distinctly remember going up to the door. He was talking to a lady at the door, and I automatically expected to be brought in and send good luck, and whether he had made the right decision or not, well, the best of luck anyway. The keys were taken from me at the door. Uh, Thanks. And I had to turn on my foot and walk away. And what a rejection, like, you know, after spending over 20 years in the church. There was more time for the woman that he was talking to at the door than there was for me, not even an invite inside. I just felt, you know, oh, God, you know. um, So maybe I am a murderer after all, you know. Uh, What about, it was absolutely... Total rejection, you know. I suppose another low one was the morning that in Galway that we had hit the headlines before, just before the All and we were doing up the shop in Galway and waiting to open, not knowing what was going to happen. I think that all our pictures and everything had been on the papers and we were front page headlines. And I think that morning we were in the shop at six o'clock in the morning.
3: Yeah, we actually let the staff off for the day. Um, because we uh, said there was no point, and we said, "Look, we're going to be in the headlines tomorrow, and you know we just don't want you to be part." Of it. Well, I don't mind. I don't know what their problem is. You know, was Mary the girl that was working for us at the time, and another girl that was working part time? They had no problem with it. I said, "Look, we it could be nasty. We just don't want you to be here um, for it." So we were in the shop about quarter past six, quarter past six that morning. And we didn't know what was going to happen, whether there'd be bricks flying through the window, whatever. We were in the middle of renovations, so the place was in bits. And uh, we just didn't know what way it was going to happen. And at about 20 to nine, I suppose cars started going up and Dominic Street and flowers started to arrive and chocolates and liqueurs and wine. And we just took all the Benelan out of the window and put everything into the window. And I was crying and the car started hooting. Welcome to Galway, you know, welcome to Galway. And I suppose uh, it was just like being adopted, though. So it was, um, they were unbelievable from that until evening time, we got presents and cards and telegrams and faxes and everything else. It was, and phone calls, the phone was ringing off the hook, you know. Um, But I suppose when six o'clock came, I was never, and I wouldn't be the one to rush out of the shop in the evening. When six o'clock came that evening, there was two very tired bodies, can I ask you,
2: Noel, how the players reacted to you when the story broke in February?
0: When the, player, when the story broke first on the first Sunday that we were in Down and Clare um, in Cusa Park in Ennis, uh, John Mahan announced that I was back from America and it was great to see me there and I got a wonderful clap from the players and they were very supportive. The players certainly were very supportive.
3: It was very sad. It was just very sad. And I was so sorry for the lads because they tried so hard and really they did um, They really did try to do it for them. I believe that. And uh, just the fact that they were unsuccessful um, was a bitter pill to swallow. I am even something he can't see, something he can't see,
0: I where are we now Noel? We're just about to come into Hedford, we're about two or three miles from headford on the Hedford, to Galway Road. We're taking this route home because at this time of the evening going home to a tomb, there's always a button that make through Claire Galway and well, the road to Well
2: a to year That was a top ten hit for her mm-hmm. Nina Simone. Hope you enjoyed it.
3: This is Midwest Radio. The time is six o'clock. Time to pause for the Angelus. Tell me about the wedding and how you planned
2: that.
3: I <laughs> didn't plan it. <laughs>
0: uh, I think there were people told the morning of the wedding that it was happening, and I so was
3: just the, telling them about
0: uh, Anne Maloney. Yeah, uh, about being asked to the wedding. They were asked the morning of the wedding, you know, because the media was still on to us. And uh, we a friend of mine uh, married us in um, Tilly Cross, the church in Tullycross, and then we had the reception afterwards we in Runville House Hotel.
2: For yourself, Noel, been, I'm just imagining what it must have been like to be on the other side of the the wedding, I presume you perform?
0: Many so, weddings, many weddings. Uh, I, I did a lot of weddings. I was very good at that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, I could take over and, 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 uh, and really, I knew what I was about. I was very good at weddings. It was one of the things I liked doing was weddings.
2: <laughs> and how have you found, you know, the transition between being a, a priest, pastoral duties, and now to, you know, managing a Chain.
0: It wasn't that much of a change for me because I was managing um, a team and managing uh, a team in the sense that I was managing county board and I was managing finances and I felt that if I could do it for them I could do it for myself and uh, Polly knew the um, pharmacy and beauty business so that obviously that was the one to build on And uh, uh,
3: I think people always underestimated no, which was a huge advantage to us because uh, he's a very astute businessman and uh, people always confused him with the simple country priest and we played on that. We did use it to our advantage and it certainly has worked to our advantage. But it has to be business first and us first Um, because we have two kids to consider, you know. You never knew what responsibility was (laughs) until he saw his little girl's face. Um, there's a picture of me on the mantelpiece and it's just after I gave birth and I said to Noel numerous times that's just after the birth I look terrible, you take that off and he said that's the proudest picture I possess he said
0: well Amy is um, four since the 29th of July last and uh, Rory is two since the 21st of May and um, as Pauline was saying about the picture on the mantelpiece I think that was the best night uh, ever that I remember Amy the morning she was born and it was a different kind of feeling altogether you know
3: no one was crying at the mm-hmm. end it was just I think it was a relief that I was okay and that the baby was okay and
0: it's a great relief when everything is okay after the birth and you're just a proud father then and it's a different kind of feeling altogether you know
3: were you at the birth
2: or? oh I was
0: at the birth yeah I was there for the whole lot of us <laughs> very the much when
2: so.
3: he went to get a burger <laughs>
2: Uh, tell me what,
0: a, what sort of an experience it was. Well, it's it's it, it's hard to describe It's it, it, the inner feelings are something else, like you know, and you just feel you just feel ten foot tall. That's about the size of that's all you can say. That you, it's it's a different kind of feeling. It's, uh, it's unbelievable, really. You
3: know, she has him wrapped around her little finger, and he's not much better because uh, mm-hmm. they both gravitate towards mm-hmm. him. That's all I can say.
0: Well, I have to say, I was a bit anxious when Rory was coming along because um, Amy meant so much to us. And, and I had discussed it with Pauline and I said, God, we will never, it's very hard to bring someone else in where Amy, because Amy was so precious to us. And uh, how were we going to give the same amount of attention to Rory? And I must admit, I uh, was anxious about that and we had discussed it. And uh, next thing, this little man came along and... Uh, uh, it, it it was great it's he's great, a r- right? r- real little cuddler yeah. so yeah. he loves
3: cuddles yeah. so he's um oh, of course he's stuck mm. between us most nights and you know uh, and
0: then we lost a baby as well you know and so that was a kind of a difficult time you know so um that's it mm.
2: still attend
0: Mass regularly? I do, yes, I do. Um, as I said to you, I, I still am a very spiritual guy. I never let the church come between me and that. Or individuals in the church come between me and the pastor between me and the relationship with God. I'd be still a very
2: spiritual guy. What about the other sacraments
0: like confession? Um I suppose it's a while since I've been at Confession, all right, uh, there's, a, I think there's a need in the church today for a general confession, and I see our priest of our diocese brought in general confession there some time ago, and he was clobbered immediately, you know, I think it's, uh, it's what people need today, uh, the other sacraments, um, yeah, our children are baptized and all of that, so
2: what stage did people stop calling
0: you uh, father ford they i suppose i would have been always known as father noel i like, you know it wasn't as much a formal very few would uh, call me father ford even in the past, but I, a lot of people would have still a long time afterwards um calling me father noel it's not as much so say. but you might get still the odd one you know um, because they associated me down to the people I wouldn't have been meeting off. With. But uh, I think it was done for a good while afterwards. Uh, it's like uh, I remember being at one of the All Irelands, and uh, Pauline tells the story very well. Where uh, there was a couple of us, ex priests, and a number of other people in this case that I said to mention the other man's name and said, oh, "I don't know what, and the other men turned around to me, the other ex-base turned around to me and he says, where the hell has that fellow been? What planet has he been on for the last couple of years? <laughs> so where are we now? We're just coming up to where I was born. Just down the road here, about a mile from Baal and the Clamarnas Road. Tell me about when you left school. Like when, to be honest, when I would have done my Leaving Cert, the choice at that stage, was there was a vast choice, one could have went into the cadets, one could have joined the Gardaí, one could have gone into the bank. Um, there was a whole lot of options, a whole lot of choices at that particular time. You know?
2: And why did you go with the, the priesthood in the
0: end? Yeah, I was very idealistic, maybe too idealistic at that, at that time. I felt I could change the world, you know, and uh, I saw the priesthood as an opportunity to do part of that. And uh, I certainly have very high ideals. Ball Parish just finishes here at this bridge. And next door to it is Kesselbaugh Parish and Brafe. School is on your right there. It's a big school and a church here. I hope it's not locked now. Now we're at the church. Mm. That's exactly as I left it as I remember. It. There aren't much changes, and in actual fact, there are no changes. Um, yeah, it's. Same, I've very fond memories of it too. But I just changed in in German and decided to do something else, and that's about the size of it.
2: When you think back on what happened when you got back from from America, what happened the Sunday after that?
0: I think the church was packed because they expected me to make an appearance, but I didn't make an appearance. I think the bishop himself came in and spoke to the congregation here. And uh, I know that there were a lot of journalists around and any strangers that was in the church, they were well watched by some of the local lads here and uh, some, I know some people were asked to leave. So uh, they did protect me and fair play to them, you know. And I suppose they felt there was outside intrusion? They did, yeah, uh, and, uh, which there was, you know. Uh, no, no questions at all about that. There was outside intrusion, and uh, but um, um, it did have its own toll. I paid, one paid a certain amount for a price for that as well. You know, it was an intrusion into life, and trying to come to a decision and make the right decision at the particular time uh, it wasn't
2: easy. And certainly, the media and the press breathing down your neck didn't help. You, know? you were telling me before that some uh, some of the priests that you would have met, you would have met. Some lonely men. Will you, will you tell me about that? Uh, yes, I would have met some
0: lonely men uh, and lonely people in the priesthood, and, and you know, when people open up to you, they, they open up to you uh, privately, and uh, more so than they would in a public place. Uh, fellas are just afraid to say anything, but people talk to you, and when you're part of a system, part of an organisation. And part of a church, you know, they, you, you, you do learn a lot over the years and several conferences, and there's no question at all about it. Um, I have no hesitation at saying, and I'd argue with anybody on a public platform or anything, that it would be a much better priesthood and uh, that if, people, if priests were married. Um, there wouldn't be half the loneliness. people. People wouldn't be going back to the house lonely at night. Not that there isn't some loneliness in marriage life as well. There's problems everywhere, and I'd be the first to recognise that. But at least, you know, the, the opportunity was there uh, if, you, if a person wanted to marry. wanted to marry, And uh, certainly some people would have met great priests. the lost great men in our day, great guys fellows who had been excellent priests and I often believe it was because of the celibacy rule and the priesthood itself has lost a lot of men because of celibacy rule let's be quite honest about it and uh, it's it's about fulfilment really, being totally fulfilled in a person's job and one would have to ask the question can you be totally fulfilled in uh, something that has to be a part of you Uh, uh, and that is you know, fulfilment in the sense that you share with people. And the deepest sharing of all is with a woman uh, for a man and vice versa. And in that sense, can a person be totally fulfilled in the sense that you're going to be fulfilled? People will tell you, yeah, oh, I can be fulfilled. Well, can you really? That's the question I have. And if, the, if, if you're not given the opportunity to have that fulfilment, well, then is you, are you there as a whole person? I was, no question at all about it, uh, uh, looking for her to be fulfilled, to be... to I, I, I was very idealistic, and, uh, and there came a stage at one stage where I looked at the priesthood, and I think, you know, and I said to myself, you know, maybe we wouldn't have half the problems because it was just coming to the fore when I, here when I was here in Brafe and all the sexual scandals and child abuse thing and all of that and that was something i just uh, couldn't cope with at all in the sense that that, that, that this would be done to children and uh, uh, that really i took that uh, very bad like in the sense that they were part of my organization they were part of us and i'm sure that, that i wasn't the only one there were a lot of priests like this and um Uh, I I felt now I'm right let's be quite honest about it there should be a thing an openness for marriage here in a priesthood and uh, it's, it's part of one's life it's part of the person and let's, we, we came from it. We had to come from men and women. And so uh, wh- why just take away part of a person's life and not give them the thing and say, it's only a man-made rule. Celibacy is just a man-made rule. came in the 11th century. And for the life of me, I cannot understand if it's a man-made rule, why it cannot be changed or simply changed. Let's forget about say, oh, people wouldn't be able to support priests. There's ways and means of doing all of this. The first question is the deep fundamental one. And that's about the church itself and where it's going. And to, to, to be quite honest about it, I just don't know where it's going at this stage. And I, 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 and I say to myself, I'm part of that organisation, where the hell is it going? Does it know itself? I don't think it does. And I don't, I don't know what the future holds for it as a church. And there'll be some older people that would say, um, you know, fine, well, they belong to a church, but they, oh, society has changed so much in the last... 20, 25, maybe 30, 40 years that, you know you, you, you just cannot patch up things you have got to have a whole new regime, a whole new thinking and I believe you have to have a whole new thinking for the priesthood as well
2: Would you say that in some ways you were lonely yourself?
0: Maybe deep down I was maybe I was searching for something, possibly I was searching for something uh, and uh, I um, I certainly found it in, in Pauline, there's no question at all about that, uh, because Pauline certainly is my soulmate and uh, she's an extraordinary, extraordinary woman. She can turn her hand to anything and do anything under the sun, and you've seen that yourself over the last few days, you know, and uh, in business or in home life or in anything, and uh, she's
2: a, a brilliant woman. And w- would you consider that? when you were a priest getting involved with Pauline as a, as a Catholic, as a practicing Catholic, would you consider that a sin?
0: No, I wouldn't, because if you go back to what I'm saying, it's, uh, it's, uh, celibacy is a man-made rule, and um, it's about it's spirituality, it's about a relationship with God, it's about bringing other people with you in uh, trying to uh, create a parish and trying to create an environment where people live happily and trying to make the best for people and make people's lives easier and direct them on a path towards God. I don't think you have to be a celibate to do things like that. I just don't.
2: I just don't believe it. What do you think will happen when you die?
0: Well, I hope there's some men up there to take me up there, and that's what I hope. That's my belief, and I haven't gone away from that. Um, if there isn't, I've been an off-leader all these these years. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's all I can hope and pray and trust. Can I head for Kesselbar?